Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. How many of you knew that yesterday was the Nevada primary for the Republican Party? I'm sure a lot of people didn't because no one actually cared that it was happening. Why? Well, The Republican Party said they're going to be doing a caucus, in which case Donald Trump's not even on the ballot for the primary because the primary is not binding. Tomorrow will be the caucus where Donald Trump will easily win. But Nikki Haley, of course, decided to figuratively set herself aflame in public in what may be one of the most shockingly embarrassing things we have ever seen. Nikki Haley has officially lost to none. I, I, I just I can't predict what's going on. I have no idea. It seems like logic is out the window. Whatever we think is happening is just it's a clown juggling for all I, all I can tell. All of these different news stories are pointing in random directions, and there is no logical path for which any of us could follow to figure out what's going to happen come November. I could not in my wildest wildest of dreams, have predicted that there would be a woman so willing to publicly humiliate herself that we would get the breaking news this morning of candidate loses to none. Like, (laughs) it's funny because somebody tweeted, it's official, Nikki Haley has lost to, quote, no one. And it's funny because if you were to say, like, Trump will lose to no one, you're saying, like, he can't lose. But quite literally, people voted, quote, none of these candidates over Nikki Haley. That's how bad she is. But in, in reality, we get what's going on. Donald Trump's name was not on the ballot. It's a non-binding primary. There's no reason to be here. There's no reason for Nikki Haley to be running at all. And here you have it, my friends. The Google primary results front and center. Let's zoom in to give you a good view. Nevada primary, quote, none of these candidates wins. And I, I love the way it's phrased because it's like, if you, <laughs> none of these candidates wins, it's like a double plural. It makes no sense because none of these candidates is the actual name for which people have voted. If they said none of these candidates have won, it would be a general statement. But no, quite literally, you were given the option in the primary to choose any one of these individuals who, for some reason, have listed themselves on this primary. And this is the result. Nikki Haley, what 
are you thinking doing this? 88% reporting. Nikki Haley has lost two to one to none. Well, I can't say I'm not having a good time, but when I look at things like this, I can't quite figure it out. Although some have speculated the reason Nikki Haley is so willing to publicly humiliate herself in this way is because she expects Donald Trump to be in prison. As many of you know, there was already a court ruling that Donald Trump does not have immunity, in which case he can be criminally charged and go to jail. It's funny. You know, I think we're seeing tremendous good news, but there is a conflict before us and the outcome is undetermined. But uh, we've got a bunch of other news that's positive. We have, or I should say we have at least some news that's positive. Ronna McDaniel stepping down. She is the failed RNC chair struggling to raise any money. Republicans keep losing. And apparently Donald Trump got on the phone with her and said, it's time to go. It's time for you to step down and someone else needs to take over. Because at the very least, if, if you don't think it's your fault, the public certainly does. And that's bad for fundraising. Seeing Nikki Haley fail in this way, good news. Seeing Ronna McDaniel step down, good news. But then, of course, we have what happened with the failure to impeach Mayorkas. For those that are following the news or for those that aren't, I'll explain. Last night, they wanted to get rid of DHS Secretary Mayorkas for his failures to secure the southern border. And three Republicans flipped to side with Democrats to burn this country to the ground. Wow. They don't care. They don't care. But uh, I got to tell you, there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, you got these Republicans complaining. You see, you got rid of Kevin McCarthy. And this is what Thomas Massey's tweeting. And I'm like, bro, if you think anyone believes that anything was getting done in Congress with Kevin McCarthy, you're surely mistaken. And so I must say, I, I have no idea what to expect. And, you know, I, I pointed this out before. I mean, in 2020, we have a general idea of what we think may happen based on what we're seeing. So we saw, you know, let's go back to 2020. We saw the Moody's analytics reports showing that the economy was doing so well. I think this was 2019, sorry, when the Moody's analytics report came out. So the economy was doing so well that Donald Trump had a had an open door for a landslide victory, meaning uh, one end of the bell curve showed Donald Trump winning 49 states because of economics. Moody's uh, takes a look at the economic factors and makes a predictions and they don't get it wrong for that. We had a general idea of what to expect come November 2020. What we did not factor in, which I think, uh, you know, predictions are not like psychic. I'm not seeing the future. We're saying based on these factors, here's what we can predict. When it came to 2020, what we did not factor in, personally me, what I did not factor in was ballot harvesting and the quote unquote shadow campaign, they called it quite literally. You know, I always got to pull this one up because there are so many people that don't believe it. When I tell these Democrats or whatever, we did not factor in the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election, which uh, Time magazine's Molly Ball quite literally called a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes from CEOs and activists and unions to shut out Donald Trump. That I did not factor in. And you know what? I actually was right. Now, of course, the left will try to make the claim that I was quite literally saying Trump was going to have a landslide victory, despite the fact that it was based on something like if Moody's analytics is correct, there's a potentiality for it. If Donald Trump were to appoint Tulsi Gabbard, there's a potentiality for it. But what I was correct on was these analytics that I was, I mean, let's be more reasonable. I wasn't really right or wrong in a certain sense. I'm certainly wrong about many things and many things related to the election, but I'm not going to take credit for what 
analysts and forecast models state simply because I'm reporting on them. That's not fair for me to take credit for that. And when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But Donald Trump ended up getting more votes than any sitting president ever. So the mistake made by uh, myself to a great degree and by many others was that we were looking at all of these traditional economic factors, and they all suggested historically a Trump victory to some degree. Some of them, like Moody's Analytics, actually suggested Trump could win in some circumstances based on their prediction model, a landslide victory, like 49 states. And now that seemingly is, who knows, probably not. Trump did get more votes than any sitting president. But Joe Biden, of course, with the help of the shadow campaign as Molly Ball for a conspiracy. (laughs) I, I, I love this. Quite literally pulling up Time magazine, the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. I mean, and how many people didn't know this, this story existed? I love to bring it up. A conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, they called it. There's no way I could have factored that in. Uh, but that's a blind spot. It's a blind spot for me. And it's a blind spot for a lot of people. We did not see what was going on. Now, I assure you right now, there is a reason Nikki Haley is refusing to back down. This is a story from the AP News from February 2nd. Haley insists she's staying in the GOP race. Here's how that could cause problems for Trump. And so while we sit here, my friends, and chortle, a hearty chortle at the fact that Nikki Haley is embarrassing herself, she's what she is doing is like she's asking people to lob garbage at her in public and, and being like, yes, please, and just being denigrated and humiliated. But you know what? We have no idea the shadow campaign that is currently going on behind the scenes. And while many predict perhaps Nikki Haley's real strategy here is that Donald Trump will be incarcerated or shut out in some way, and then she's the only player left standing. We, we make that prediction. We factor that in. And we still don't know what's going to happen. My point being, when we took a look at 2020 and we were like, wow, look at all these factors that suggest Donald Trump's going to win. What we were really looking at and the mistake, I'll say this, what I was really looking at and the mistakes I made is that these factors were indicative of a Trump massive boost in voter totals, which traditionally you'd expect to be a victory. In this instance, however, there was a shadow campaign behind the scenes with mass funding from the likes of Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, now we actually have a Democrat getting arrested in uh, New Jersey for uh, uh, facilitating ballot fraud and telling people to vote when uh, and to, to submit false fraudulent mail-in votes. So uh, I have to wonder about that. But the shadow campaign was fairly obvious. You had a mass ground game of collecting uh, uh, ballots from people who traditionally don't vote. You had uh, 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 ballot harvesting. There was an instance in North Jersey where a bundle of ballots was discovered that actually triggered the cancellation of one of their local elections. There are questions about the legality of certain circumstances in the 2020 election. And no, I'm not talking about Dominion or any of these weird voter voter fraud conspiracies with China or German servers. The media would like you to believe that. No, I'm talking about Texas v. Pennsylvania. Lawsuits on procedural grounds over the constitutionality of how the elections were held in certain states. There was a question over whether or not that was legally done. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield. 
the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com carlson and save 20% today. So it was hard to predict. Right now, we have a general idea of what Nikki Haley's trying to pull off. Donald Trump, of course, is likely going to win. But let's just say he does get incarcerated. Are we going to see any Republicans file criminal charges against Barack Obama? I say the answer is no. I, see the, I say the answer is no, and it's, and, it's, and it's hilarious. I mean, you take a look at New York, and you've got uh, the district attorney. You've got these false charges filed against Donald Trump, clearly false, false defamation, false, all this stuff filed against Donald Trump. These, these cases where the judge rules summarily that these things happen and uh, Trump's not able to defend himself. But uh, maybe false is not the right word. I will clarify for uh, uh, legal reasons. You have absurd claims made against Donald Trump that are countered in many instances of reporting and doubt is cast upon to an extreme degree, such so that a large swath of the American public does not believe these things to be fair and true. So let me uh, clarify the false charges brought against Trump. I would say to the public, they are perceivably false and to a reasonable person, not correct. You see, we're being careful legally here. I think it's fair to be correct in the, in the, in the assessment because the courts have ruled against Trump. I just don't think the courts are fair, but they ruled the way they did. What will happen in the next month or so? I have no idea. So we here at Tim Cast are planning a live event. Super Tuesday, March 5th in Martinsburg, West Virginia at our private location. And if you're a member at TimCast.com, click join us. You will get that notification, which may actually be email only. We don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we'll give fair warning um, because we want to be fair. But this is a private event. It is not open to the public, which means only members will receive an invitation to buy a ticket to the event. And we are going to have a special in-person live show. West Virginia, Martinsburg, about 50 seats will be available and it'll be at our Cast Brew location, Cast Brew Coffee. That's right. Second floor is going to be a private club where you can sit down in a nice little folding chair and watch the show and then ask questions. And uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great. Now, the reason we plan to do the show is because it's Super Tuesday. It is the big primary day. The only issue is why? You know, look, when we had Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, you had Ron DeSantis, we were thinking, you got these candidates that are all running. You got four people. We're going to see what happens on the biggest primary day. But Vivek and Ron have left. All that's left is Nikki Hillary. And she just lost to none. I, I, you know, so I'm like, I guess we'll do the event anyway. Maybe we won't call it Super Tuesday. We'll call it like Trump nomination day or something. But perhaps Nikki Haley is part of a bigger plan. From the Financial Times, 
Ken Griffin casts doubt on Nikki Haley's hopes after $5 million donation. This I love. Ken Griffin gave a pro Nikki Haley super PAC $5 million in December and January, boosting her campaign, even as the hedge fund billionaire has cast doubt on her chances of winning the Republican presidential nomination. A person familiar with the matter confirmed the donations to SFA fund were made before the Iowa caucuses and New Hampshire primary. Haley's losses to Donald Trump in those contests have raised questions about donors' willingness to keep funding her campaign. Griffin, one of her top donors, admitted on CNBC that Haley's path forward was a narrower road than it was eight weeks ago. In a separate statement on, uh, on Tuesday, the Citadel founder praised the former UN ambassador's leadership uh, record before saying that he would focus on funding Republican efforts to win control of Congress in November's election. Republicans hold the House of Representatives by only a slim majority and could flip the Senate in November. I will tell you this, my friends. The Republicans have no majority. They don't. It's a lie. The majority confers things like the speakership, which does grant some advantages. Determining the makeup of certain committees gives Republicans control of those committees. But when it comes to floor votes, you got a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. These fake Republicans who will vote against the interests of America, who will vote to burn this country to the ground. And that's what we saw last night with the failure of the Mayorkas impeachment. Now, I do want to wrap up just the, the Nikki Haley presidential thing. I don't think they have uh, no plan. I think they have a plan. Nikki Haley would not be in this race for no reason. Perhaps it's just fundraising. Maybe she's milking as much money from Democrats as possible Think who are thinking, you know what, if Nikki Haley wins, you know, then she's easier to beat in November. There's a video from CNN, of all outlets, of a guy in New Hampshire saying, I'm a Democrat. I voted in the primary for Nikki Haley to stop Donald Trump so that come the, the election, when I vote for Biden, Nikki Haley loses. Outright saying, Nikki Haley is a sabotage vote. Maybe Nikki Haley's strategy is, I'm going to get a whole bunch of Democrats to give me money. We normally wouldn't make that money. But then what? You know, I don't buy it. I think Nikki Haley is the bomb, 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 bomb Iran candidate. And so that's the establishment's last hope of getting a foothold in the GOP as Donald Trump takes the whole thing over. But here we are. House vote to impeach Mayorkas fails in stunning defeat for Republican leaders. Three Republicans defected, creating a tie vote. And then you had uh, Blake Moore, who joined the no side to allow the House GOP to bring the vote again. Some believe that once Steve Scalise is back, they're actually going to succeed in this regard. The House vote to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas failed Tuesday evening, a stunning blow to House Republicans who had pushed the effort as a key political goal. You had Ken Buck, you had Mike Gallagher and Tom McClintock, who joined the Democrats in voting against the resolution. Blake Moore joined the no side for procedural, procedural reasons. He actually agrees with the impeachment. Even though House Republicans suffered a massive defeat and failed to impeach Mayorkas on Tuesday, GOP leadership said they plan to bring it up again. So I, I believe the plan is, um, they say House Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green framed the failed vote as merely a delay in the process and said the House would vote again when Majority Leader Steve Scalise returns from receiving cancer treatments. I, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit surprised. Look, let's set aside Ken Buck, Gallagher and McClintock's politics here and talk about what's what should we call it? I mean, the scumbaggery. I love that word, by the way. Betraying Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise is out receiving cancer treatments and these skeezy, 
slime bags with smiles on their faces decided to put a knife in his back at one of his darkest moments. One of I know that, you know, someone tried to murder the guy. But come on, have a little respect. The dude is out getting cancer treatments. And this is the time you decide to betray him. Wow, man. Let's pull up. uh, Let's pull up that report. It's absolutely shockingly disgusting. So let's uh, let's just here we go. All you need. All we need is look. Number two, U.S. House Republican Scalise undergoing further cancer treatment. I'd like to say this, not professionally, outside of work, to Ken Buck, Mike Gallagher, and McClintock. You are the lowest. At a time when a man is suffering from cancer and undergoing therapy treatments for this is when you decide to spit in his face. Dude, if these guys came out and said, we don't care if Steve Scalise is here or not because our position is X, but the idea that Scalise could return and then they would be pressured into supporting this, the idea that they would wait until he was out for cancer treatments is just shockingly disgusting. Shockingly disgusting. Have some respect, man. You know, I think of the, uh, what is it, the winter, ar- the Christmas Day armistice. I think about how it was World War I. That's the story, right? World War I. And on Christmas, enemy forces in, in got, climbed to the trenches and shared coffee and cocoa and threw snowballs, and they stopped killing each other because it was Christmas. Because there was something higher than them And they knew as much as they were at odds and in this massive battle for a variety of reasons, some of them were stupid. There is something above there is. And I don't mean I'm not saying religiously, but maybe there's something greater. These people. Wow. I would not invite these people for coffee after a move like this. You know, there are there are there are some things you can entertain. When your chief opponent and enemy is dying. I, you know, I, I grew up on these stories, right? I grew up more on the stories of there's the, the, the shootout between the cowboys and the villain takes a bullet to the, to the chest or whatever and falls down. And the good guy walks over, kneels down and says, and that's it. And the bad guy's like, you got me. And then the good guy pulls out a cigarette, hands it to the bad guy. The bad guy lights it up and he's like, well, I guess that's it, you know? And there is still honor among enemies. These guys have no honor. They have no dignity. This is disgusting. Now, I certainly wouldn't expect simply because someone is suffering from cancer that you would betray your morals or otherwise. But I could certainly see them saying, at the very least, we intend to oppose the Republican Party, join the Democrats, and we are not we're not going to do it at this moment. It's tough. I get it. But I will just say this. So be it. Perhaps there was honor in their actions in such a move. And perhaps that was joining Democrats to support a man who was burning this country to the ground is more important than the will of the American voters and those who supported the Republican Party. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. 
Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. And there it is. Thomas Massey. He said, getting rid of Speaker McCarthy has officially turned into an unmitigated disaster. All work on separate spending bills has ceased. Spending reductions have been traded for spending increases. Warrantless spying has been temporarily extended. Our majority has shrunk. I like Thomas Massey, but he is a coin toss. He's been here before. We're uh, fans of a lot of his work, and I can respect that. But I also uh, support for Kevin McCarthy is, is off the table. You know what? Look, Thomas Massey is a Republican. I am not a Republican. I can't stand Republicans. I have more respect for Democrats than I do Republicans. I just think Democrats are evil. But I have more respect for them because of their willingness, their vigor. You ain't going to tell me that the squad, for instance, don't have a fire in their bellies. The Democrats are willing to burn everything to the ground to get what they want. And I respect it. I don't like it, but I respect it. Republicans are Democrats going the speed limit. I don't even know if that's fair to say. That would be like they got a fire in their bellies, but they're not going fast enough to get the job done. No, in this instance, Republicans are low T whiny losers who can't do anything. It's laughably absurd. The Democrats will stand behind murderers, rapists, pedophiles, former Klan members, and the Republicans can't even defend our southern border. Thomas Massey wants me to defend Speaker McCarthy. Ain't never gonna happen. The establishment garbage. You know what? All of them need to be voted out in November. I don't see it happening. But my friends, I tell you this. I would accept defeat of the Republican Party 100%. And I don't care who wins. Let it be Democrats. Because we're not getting the change we need in this way. And perhaps the only path forward is overt resistance. And so I kind of view it like this. The idea that we could support the likes of Thomas Massey for re-election and others who would toe the line for the machine. Not always. Massey's really great on, on a lot of issues. But those who would say, just let the machine keep churning. I say, get out. Yeah, but without me, the machine takes full, goes full speed ahead. I'm like, and with you, it's going a little bit slower. Why are we wasting our time pretending like our options are the machine or the machine light? How about we take the machine if that's what we get, but we start trying to get something different? And I think we have that with the likes of Matt Gates, Donald Trump, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Rand Paul's fantastic. Thomas Massey's pretty good. But just because he said good things and voted on things that are done right, 
does not mean I will respect support for him. And I actually would say support for McCarthy in, the, in, 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 in this way and during the election. I'm just done. I am done with it. In which case I say they all must be voted out. I would rather the Republicans lose everything because at the, at the very least, then you get some kind of unity opposition. But where are we currently at? What are we looking at right now with everything that's going on? Have the Republicans launched any kind of meaningful uh, work? Maybe a little bit here and there. The Weaponization Committee has uncovered some important things. Okay. Where's the May 29th committee on the uh, insurrection at the White House in 2020? Why don't Republicans ever talk about that? Not a single one. Because they're losers. Because they are losers. Oh, with respect to Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, uh, Elise Stefanik, for instance, there are a handful. Sorry if I'm excluding you, but there are many who actually do a pretty good job. But I got to tell you, man, it is fascinating to me that I can sit here hearing Democrats say things like the Second Amendment never intended to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Personally, it was talking about militias controlled by the government and you can't have cannons and you can't have this. And I'm like, the founding fathers commissioned corsairs and privateers, privateers, warships owned by private individuals. The government did not control what a private individual could build. And so there were pirates. Pirates were people who owned their own massive warships. And they would be conscripted or given letters of mark to go disrupt enemy, enemy lines. People owned cannons. Yes, individuals owned guns and they'd let their children use them. Heavens me. In olden days, the kitchen had a musket. And they would grab it off the wall, open the back door and shoot a critter to throw it in a stew. Isn't that kind of wild? Seriously, you know, when I go outside, there's rabbits everywhere. They'd literally grab a gun. They would open the, the person making dinner. This is crazy because I went to you go to Virginia. I went to uh, I think it was uh, Jackson's house. Uh, I think it was Jackson Confederate. And there's a gun on the wall and they're like they would open the door, point the musket out, bang, blast a critter and then throw them in a stew. I hear Democrats say no one, no one can have guns. Never, never allowed. And I'm like, everybody had guns, guns hanging in their kitchen for anyone to just grab and use. They weren't in a militia. And then the Republicans come here. And I asked the Republicans, does the Second Amendment allow you to have a warship? No. A cannon? No. A nuclear weapon? No. Biological? No. In fact, my friends, that is all wrong. The Second Amendment does protect the right of the individual, including children, to keep and bear arms. It has already been decided by the Supreme Court that children are protected at the same constitutional rights with limitations via due process. And it is true, in fact, that children are allowed to bear arms under certain circumstances. We've just set restrictions on how and when that can be done. But in many places, like we saw this in Wisconsin, if you are a minor, you can you can actually keep and bear a rifle in certain circumstances. Walk around by yourself without parental without supervision. It's true. And I know people don't like the idea that people could keep and bear nuclear weapons or biological weapons. But the Second Amendment never made a distinction. And people owned warships capable of decimating an entire coastal city. So you tell me nuclear weapons are not included in that. You're wrong. By all means, due process can change it. But here's my point. I don't want anybody to have nukes. I don't want anybody to have biological weapons. The point is, Republicans collapse 
into balls of jelly. Whenever confronted, at least in my day, I can't speak to the years past or whatever. Republicans did a dang uh, bang up job during the Civil War, shutting down slavery and um, winning. But now, pure jelly need weakness. The Democrats are like, we want to ban this gun for no reason. The Republicans are like, well, okay, I guess. Absolute slime ball, pathetic behavior. So you know what? I don't care. That's why I'm saying, yeah, I vote for Trump. And everyone's like, what about this thing he's done? And that thing's, I don't care. Your machine is broken. You are spineless jellyfish coward, all of you. And Donald Trump is not even as aggressive as I'd like someone to be. No, I mean it. Heaven forbid someone like me ever gotten government. I'd probably get impeached right away or removed or whatever, because I'd like. I'd, I would never want to run. And, and that's the issue, I suppose. You know, I was talking about Customs and Border Protection. How they're facilitating human smuggling. How I've watched the videos of them open the, uh, uh, the, the, the barriers and let it, criminal aliens in. They've snipped the razor wire to allow these people in. Well, they don't have to. They could literally just be like, no. The border barrier has secured the, the border. Let's put uh, concertina wire and shipping containers across the entirety of the border and make a little makeshift barrier. And we'll do our best. You know, we don't got to build a big, beautiful wall from sea to shining sea. But how about we secure, secure the border? No, the CBP says we're going to facilitate this. If I was governor of West Virginia, if I was AG, if I had any kind of law enforcement powers, the CBP facility on 340 off in West Virginia would be raided by state forces and placed under investigation by the state to start ripping through their communications to determine to what degree Customs and Border Protection is working with cartels and facilitating human smuggling. And they say, Tim, you wouldn't have the ability to do so. Oh, I don't. You have no idea. I, I would not last a day in office. I would publicly just say it. I would come out on TV and say, as governor, I demand the, the law enforcement apparatus of this state investigate what these people are doing in concert with those that are working on the border. I just don't stand for it. I'm, I'm sick of it. The facilitation of human smuggling by Customs and Border Protection and the union defending this border amnesty bill, the abject betrayal of the American people. And there is not a single spine to be found. But I'll give you a better one. The moment I step foot in any one of those offices, which will never happen, I assure you. The first thing I do, if it were right now, criminal charges against Barack Obama for the extrajudicial assassination of Anwar al-Awlaki. Now, to be fair, to be fair, a criminal investigation. I believe in due process. I believe in the Constitution. I believe there are legitimate arguments as to the uh, military powers of the president. But if they want to say the president is not immune over the actions he took while in his official duties, I would absolutely love to play your game. And I would say, OK, an American citizen was murdered by a sitting president. Charges. By all means, go ahead and argue jurisdiction. I don't know. I don't care. Maybe I lose in the courts, but I do it anyway. That's the way it's got to be done. New York. They are bringing charges against Trump for fraud. Trump's lenders have said there's no fraud here. He did everything right. It's normal business practice. And he made us money. And they said, we don't care. Where's a single Republican to do anything? OK, criminal charges against Joe Biden over Burisma. We have more than enough evidence. 
There already exists more than enough evidence. The actions taken by Joe Biden were unconstitutional, illegal. I can break it all down for you. The phone call made by uh, uh, Hunter Biden's uh, people to D.C. saying we need help. And then a few months later, I believe it was like later in the year, Joe Biden flies to Ukraine and says, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars. Call call the president, ask him on video saying it at minimum criminal investigation. And, And then we bring it to a grand jury. Let me tell you this. I certainly believe a grand jury would return an indictment. Indictment is not a guilty verdict. It is. It looks like there's enough evidence to say this guy committed a crime. And then you bring it to a jury to determine whether or not that crime was committed. Where? Where is anyone? Where is anyone to do anything? Man. You know what? This is why I just feel like at some point, I think we all just ride off into the sunset because if the best we can muster up is Thomas Massey, look, I like the guy. He's got the, fl- the Klux capacitor, his little chicken machine that he built, solar powered, moves the chicken coop around. He's got good policy on spending, Julian Assange, abolishing government departments. I, can, I expect all that. But then he drops to his knees for the machine and says, this is the way, my friends. And I say, no, the way forward is voting out every single incumbent with some exceptions. Like Matt Gates, he's cool. And Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, Lauren Boebert's pretty cool. I, I, I respect Boebert. I think, I, you know, I, there's there's some animosity between her and like Marjorie and, you know, far from perfect. Elise Stefanik, I like. I like Ro Khanna, the Democrat. I do. I do. Far from perfect. Absolutely. But there's some I, I'd say, like, you know, I, I give them a shot. Give them a shot. But we got to just vote all of them out. How do we muster that up? I don't know, man. I suppose we can only sit back, wait and see. And we will. Yeah. It is what it is. I don't know that we'll ever get a leader strong enough. Donald Trump is not that leader. Donald Trump is the best we have. He's worth supporting. And I do believe he will do a better job this time around. And I do believe he's the best president of my lifetime. But I don't believe he's the perfect candidate. I think that's fairly obvious. I'll take what I can get for now. In the meantime, Congress is worthless. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I believe we have never been in a better cultural position than we are now in the culture war. While politics may be another story and there is uncertainty ahead of us, as Andrew Breitbart said, politics is downstream from culture. And my friends, oh boy, are we winning on the cultural front in many ways? Now, the other night, Donald Trump came out and begged. He said, please, no more boycott of Bud Light. Shouldn't we focus on worse companies that do more damage? Many people said, Trump, with all due respect, no. Unless Bud Light formally apologizes, we will not drink their beer. Of course, the Trump family, I believe they know many uh, individuals who work at Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch or at least see the benefit in Anheuser-Busch's donations to causes they do like. It's not enough. And the fact that many people are actually saying, sorry, Donald, no, Bud Light must apologize is a strong showing. But there's so much more, so much more to get your hopes up in a good way. We saw Shane Gillis recently sponsored by Bud Light, and that's Bud Light desperately trying to turn things around. But yo, get this. Shane Gillis, who was fired by Saturday Night Live in 2019 for making offensive jokes in his past, will be hosting SNL this weekend. Boy, are they desperate. No, they must beg. Have you seen the price of gold lately? 
It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. SNL. Wow. I think we want apologies, but I'm really interested to see what SNL is going to say to uh, or what Shane Gels is going to say on SNL considering that they fired him and now they beg for him to come back. Please, we're losing money. You know what, my friends, when you screamed that you were on the right side of history, you were wrong. In fact, we were the whole time the silent majority and we knew it. And now more and more people are standing up, waking up, and we are saying enough, but more must be done. And so we have this Elon Musk bankrolling lawsuit of fired Mandalorian star Gina Carano against Disney and his nemesis, CEO Bob Iger. Now, some have suggested one of the main reasons Elon's doing this is because Bob Iger pulled advertisements off of X. Disney basically said, get woke or else. Elon Musk said, go F yourself. But now Elon has announced that not only will he fund Gina Carano's suit, but anyone else who's been discriminated against by ABC, uh, Disney, their subsidiaries, etc. More must be done. Elon, I know it's not easy. So I tremendously respect this move. But now I ask, where can we see similar action taken against Mark Cuban? Those who would support illegal, racist and sexist policies in the workplace must be held accountable. And if Mark Cuban wants to publicly declare that he does illegally use race and gender in his hiring criteria, then he must be held to account. So I wonder, could similar action be taken against Mark Cuban? Are there anyone? Is there anyone willing to actually do that? Well, let's start here and I'll bring you through the news of where we are so far. And it is fantastic. I hope this is a major source of optimism for all of you. Fortune, uh, well, apparently fortune does not report. But uh, let's see if we can. uh, Fortune doesn't want me to read it. There we go. Elon Musk's anger at Disney boss Bob Iger for driving his social media company closer to bankruptcy may have found a new outlet, one that uses former Disney stars as its vessel. Of course, I want to make sure I stress for all of you. I intentionally do choose adversarial news outlets when reporting on these stories. On Tuesday, the billionaire entrepreneur who took on $13 billion in debt to to buy financially troubled Twitter. You see how they're playing this game. I want you to hear this. Confirmed he would pay Gina Carano's legal fees as the actress sought damages from Lucasfilm parent company for wrongful dismissal. Understand, they added a bunch of these caveats for no reason to poison the well, attack Elon Musk's character. That is not news reporting. It shows you their desperation. 
I would like to express my deepest gratitude and thank you to Elon Musk and X for giving me an opportunity to bring my case to light. Musk, who invited others to participate in the lawsuit, grew angry at Iger when Disney pulled its ads from the platform over concerns X had become a haven for hate speech. Of course, that is not why Elon Musk is getting behind this. Elon Musk said he would fund anyone who was fired over their speech on X, a brilliant business strategy. Now, of course, it is true. And I think it's worth bringing up that Elon Musk has feuded with Bob Iger. But I don't think that's the core issue here, but it's probably a motivating factor. Elon Musk says, please let us know if you would like to join the lawsuit against Disney. Well, I can tell you this. Elon, I believe uh, I am well beyond the statute of limitations or whatever it may be. I don't know. I can't tell you that when I worked for ABC News joint venture Fusion, they absolutely discriminated against me over the perception that I was too white. And so I can at least say, yes, it happens. It's a fact. And Mark Cuban, yes, it happens. And it happened to me. And I'm not even uh, uh, considered a white person by uh, according to the census. I am an other mixed race. But of course, to the left, if I don't bend my knee to their agenda, well, then certainly I'm not allowed to participate, despite the fact of meeting their racial diversity quotas. Oh, I'm sorry. Asian never counted. Musk bought Twitter in blah, blah, blah. I expect this to be one of many lawsuits against Disney. Corona said on Tuesday she had reached out to Musk after his offer to pay the legal fees for anyone contesting their wrongful dismissal. Oh, boy. Well, here we are right now. On top of that, Elon Musk has leaked internal inclusion standards from Disney. He tweeted, if you were discriminated against by Disney or its subsidiaries, ABC, ESPN, Marvel, etc., just reply to this post to receive legal support. In another post, which he was quoting, he says, an anonymous source just sent me this from Disney. It is mandatory institutionalized racism and sexism. So here's what Disney has. And I'm going to tell you right now, this game they play where they pretend they're not racist and they don't take race into consideration. Take a look at this. They are trying to break the law and they're, you know, look, look, let me, let me put it this way. I don't know how many of you ever been to a rave or a party or a kegger in a city. When I was a youngster, some 20 years ago, uh, maybe, I don't think, I don't think I was drinking when I was 17, but maybe like from like 18 or 19, you'd go to a kegger and they would not sell you beer. They'd sell you a cup. They'd say, would you like to buy a cup? How much is a cup? It's five bucks. Okay, and what can I do with that cup? Whatever you want. By the way, there's a keg over there, and the only cups in the house are these. Okay, this idea that these stupid people had, I find it laughable. They'd be like, I'm not selling beer. I'm selling a cup. Therefore, I cannot get in trouble. <laughs> yes, you can. It's called solicitation. The government is not made up of morons. Okay, well, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is. But a judge, a lawyer, a prosecutor aren't that stupid. So they're like, Dagnabbit, they got us. The kids are all drinking underage, but they never actually bought the booze. The booze was free the whole time. No, no one falls for that. But again, I must clarify, you're right. Yeah, the government is made up of morons. That was me misspeaking. But prosecutors aren't going to let you get away with it. Okay, so Disney here is requiring inclusion standards from underrepresented groups, but include a disclaimer saying anyone involved in hiring decisions is prohibited from asking candidates and talent about their actual or perceived race, religion, color, 
sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, military or veteran status, age, disability, or any other legally protected categories, which creates a difficult path for them to engage in their racist policies. But it's funny because we know what they mean, what they what they mean by um, underrepresented groups. Let me just stress, the only way you get away with this, Disney, is if you have a judge who's politically aligned with you, because ain't no judge who actually is going to rule the law is stupid enough not to recognize what you're doing. Yes, yes. Come in, candidates. I'm not going to ask you about race or gender identity or anything like that. And then they're going to say things like, how do you feel about RuPaul's drag race? Okay, good. I can look at you and determine your skin color. And so, of course, they are engaging in racist hiring practices. By all means, Disney, try and pretend that this, this disclaimer makes sense. Like a judge is going to go, well, they have a disclaimer saying you can't do all of those things. Yeah, right. Any judge worth his weight is going to say, dude, I know exactly what you're trying to do when telling people to do this. Your stupid, silly little disclaimer doesn't mean nothing. So there you go. But the question now that I have is, what do we do with Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban, of course, has doubled down, overtly defended diversity initiatives, actually stating they do engage in this practice. From SCNR.com, you are dead wrong. Federal official tells Mark Cuban it's illegal to consider sex and race when hiring. Mark Cuban did double down, saying, no, no, this commissioner is incorrect. What Mark Cuban is trying to claim is that you are legally allowed to have racial quotas in your company so long as when you're hiring, you don't use any of these criteria in the hiring process. It is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Look, man, look, I don't think Mark Cuban is a dumb guy. I don't think you get to being a billionaire by being stupid. But certainly this guy has got emotional restrictions, barring him from actually understanding what's going on. I also think he's racist. I think he's sexist. He's also stated publicly that I, something there's, there's a video going around. I don't know if it's true or whatever, but it's a video of him saying he's a bigot and he knows it. And this explains everything. Here's a guy who thinks we can set a quota for race at our company and it doesn't break the law. I got news for you, dude. That quite literally means your company has to incorporate race in the hiring process. I mean, he said he did. He quite literally said, yes, race and gender can be part of the equation. We got Elon Musk filing a suit against or should say funding the suit against Disney. How do we get bankroll to sue Mark Cuban? Here's what we need. We are we are winning resoundingly across the board. Now is the time to storm that battlefield charge. We must yell. There's got to be people who had tried getting a job at a Cuban company or who were up for a promotion and didn't get it. And they're white or they're straight. Imagine being a white gay guy. Yep, you're 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 cis heteronormative. Just because you're gay doesn't change the fact that you are cisgender and you are abiding by uh, the normative structures. No, I think I think they're not heteronormative, but they still say like you're a cis white man. So heteronormative I suppose means straight, but they say, uh, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. If you're gay, you're, yeah, you're a cis white male. Even if you're gay, it doesn't matter. You're still the oppressor, whatever. I'm willing to bet there are tens of thousands of instances 
where Mark Cuban could be sued and perhaps in a major class action. I'm not a fan of class action lawsuits. I think they're a trap. Let's them off the hook. You did this bad thing to 10,000 plus people, and therefore we're going to bundle it all up and then everyone gets 10 bucks. No, not interested. They may force the suits into single lawsuits, but if each individual who was discriminated against files on their own individual circumstances, I don't think they can force them into a class action. They can try. But if they're different companies, I want to see Mark Cuban sued into oblivion for being a racist and a sexist and a man who brazenly publicly declares he violates the law. The Civil Rights Act stated by this EEOC commissioner can't do it. Now, it's not just Mark Cuban's companies. We have this tweet. Someone responded to Elon Musk saying, Meanwhile, Amazon Studios seeks one character from each of the following categories for speaking roles of any size, non-white, LGBTQ, person with disability. The minimum aspirational goals for casting across speaking roles are 30% white men, 30% white women, and non-binary people, 20% men from underrepresented, underrepresented races and ethnicities. Okay, right away. Yo, it's illegal. Now, that being said, we are but a world of interpretations. And depending on which judge you get, they will allow this. Here's an interesting one for you. Do you believe that public accommodations should have the right to discriminate on the basis of sex? There's an interesting question there. Because males and females are different. If the answer is they cannot, the question then becomes, how do you have male and female sporting divisions? Because each would require the discrimination of the other. Women's sports saying no males, that's discriminating against males from joining the team. The argument put forward by uh, many courts to uphold the right of women's sporting leagues is that so long as the same opportunity is offered to all, it is not discrimination. Therein lies the interesting challenge. They say men have their own sporting team. They're allowed to join. It's not discrimination to say you can't join the women's team because the team apparatus exists. They've just funneled you into different categories. Okay. Now, here's an interesting question to follow up. What about races? What if you said we've got the uh, black baseball team and the white baseball team? Hey, the team structure exists. It is you are allowed to play baseball. They've just separated you based on race. And then people make the argument. Well, some races are taller than others. Some are more susceptible to uh, black people are more susceptible to sickle cell anemia. You see, therein lies the challenge that is brought forward by the Civil Rights Act. The question actually came up. I'm not saying I have a good answer uh, with bathrooms because gender ideology activists were trying to say that males should be allowed to use female bathrooms. A trans woman should have full access to a female bathroom. And many said, no, men and women are different. And these safe spaces exist for a reason, for, for specific reasons. The argument brought forward by many leftist activists was that it is a similar argument brought up in segregation, that black and white people are different. And so it's not discrimination to give both of them their own bathroom because everyone gets a bathroom. But of course, the court said, no, you cannot segregate based on race. The gender activists then said, aha, then why can you on sex, despite the fact the law says you can't? And there was a court in California that ruled based on there was like a computer program, women in computing, and a man sued like an actual dude saying, why can't I join this? And the court said, because there is a computer program offered to men. Therein lies a strong contradiction under civil rights law and a challenge. One that has to be answered. I don't have a good answer for you, but this is an argument brought forward of 
Where's the line? You know, I've often described it rather simply. The idea of race is much more nebulous than the idea of gender. There's a, a, a black man from Haiti is very different from than a black man from Zimbabwe. They're different countries. Skin tone is not a good way to try and determine the differences between people on the surface. Certainly, you can say if you took all people with a darker skin tone, you might find this genetic trait. More melanin is fairly obvious. You can see that. But if there was such an instance where they said, we're going to have a bathroom only for black people. The question is, yeah, but not every person with a darker skin tone is the same. The, the, the differences are astounding. Some are tall, some are short. It's, it's a meaningless determination. Just skin color is what you see. So I don't know that it makes sense to actually discriminate on the basis of race in that way. Male and female, however, extend around the world. Quite literally, males and females are distinct. And if the determination is you are quite literally of a male body or a female body, well, that's plainly obvious, plainly. And there's reasons why we said that's a moral line for us. Ultimately, it's these ideas that lead me to uh, led me to the realization that there is just going to be moral moral questions no matter what. There are many on the left to try to make the argument that there are no moral boundaries, but they're wrong. And by this, I mean, it is simple. We are of the position. Logic is not 100 percent the factor here. We try our best because there are many things we don't know and ultimately just say, you know, for a variety of reasons, we've decided there will be gender segregation in bathrooms. And for a variety of reasons, we decided there will not be racial segregation. I think there's a logic behind it that makes sense. But ultimately, it's just that's where we're going to draw the line because we agree. And then understand when it comes to what Mark Cuban is doing, it is a question of will a judge interpret the moral question and what we society will accept? It's simple, my friends. It's time for everyone to understand laws are meaningless. Culture is everything. Now, laws matter. We don't want people breaking the law. We want things to be explicitly stated. Don't do this or else. But as we've mentioned, there are blue laws still in the books. There are many, many laws we no longer even consider. The famous meme, which is not true, was that women could not skydive on Sundays in Florida. Apparently that was repealed or it's not true or whatever. But there are books called like wacky laws that still exist. My favorite are ones where it's like you can't cool a pie on your windowsill on Sundays. Well, when 50 to 100 people lived in a small village and the bears kept coming in because, you know, Nana was cooling her pies on the windowsill, eventually they all got together and said, OK, everybody stop doing this. You're attracting wildlife into the town. There was barely any people. So they all agreed. Makes sense. Now, in a city of a million people, it's like, dude, your windowsill's on the 50th floor. Nobody cares. Cool your pie. Just, just don't drop it out the window. So despite the fact the law is on the books, nobody enforces it. Because the laws don't matter all that much, do they? My point comes to this. We should not tolerate what Mark Cuban is doing. It is good what Elon Musk is doing. So we need the courts to say to Mark Cuban, we will not tolerate what you are doing. This is racist. It is sexist. Of course, Mark Cuban is trying to shift the cultural norms in this country. He is trying to explicitly push ideas that we have rejected a long time ago. And therefore, we must push back and we must win to tell them no outright. We do not accept this. We will not accept this. And we will push back and we will win. Mark Cuban can say and do whatever he wants. But the fact is, he's racist. He is an abject racist. That's it. The cure for that is to just stop participating in it. Instead, 
Mark Cuban says, no, 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 no. We're going to double down. Now, I will briefly mention, as for the Amazon inclusion policies, they're trying to weasel this stuff in. And I say we, we, we say no to them as well. They do. And this is fair. Say story comes first. You cannot cast characters that are wrong. But my favorite, favorite part of this is authentic portrayals. I despise these people. They're saying that if there's a gay character, got to be a gay actor. Uh huh. Okay. If that's the case, why not uh, veteran status? If you want a character who's a veteran, got to be an actual veteran. If you want a Republican, it's got to be an actual Republican because they're lying. They don't actually care about this stuff. They say Latin X. Yo, Latinos don't say that word. They despise it. Affluent white female liberals, I tell you what, pay equity. Cast members will be paid commensurate with their work experience, the scope of their role, and equitable to the compensation of their peers. This was always my favorite lie. Equitable pay policies was when they go, men and women get paid differently. Therefore, we are not going to allow negotiating. That was the game. No matter what you come in, this is the rate, 100 grand a year. That's it. Nothing more. Why? Women don't negotiate. They say, we'll give you the job. We'll give you 90. Women go, thank you. Men go, I want more than that. And they say, how much more? I want 120. We're not going to give you that. We'll give you 100. Okay, fine. 100 it is. And this resulted in a large portion of the pay gap. So these companies decided, I got it. We can stop the negotiating process outright by claiming it's for social justice. Spare me. Amazon, you're next. One by one, we must take legal action against these these companies. Amazon should absolutely face the brunt of this. This is outright discrimination. Outright. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Proving their despotism and corruption, Tucker Carlson is being targeted by the EU for sanctions for daring to interview Vladimir Putin. And there it is, my friends. Tucker Carlson could face sanctions, travel sanctions. And they argue that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal and anyone who's propagandizing for him should be sanctioned because he's helping him. And the only interview Vladimir Putin should do should be with the International Criminal Court. Spare me. These people are evil. Vladimir Putin's not a good guy. I don't like Vladimir Putin. I think he's in the wrong tremendously on many of these things. I would prefer he not win in Ukraine. I like Ukraine. But it doesn't mean the West is innocent and we're dealing with war. So, of course, Tucker Carlson wants to interview a world leader at a time of crisis. Perhaps better understanding can lead to peaceful outcomes. However, the corporate press, the state propagandists are whinging again on social media, claiming that the only reason he's allowed to do this interview is because he's a propagandist for the Russian state. I'll make it simple for you. It's because he's a private citizen with a large audience, tremendous influence. Many of these journalists are like, you know, the BBC has tried to interview Vladimir Putin many a time and he won't let us. Why? Um, because you work for the state. Uh, a state, in fact, that is at war with him. So, uh, OK, Tucker Carlson doesn't. But let's go through the news first and we'll talk about these arguments because Tucker was wrong. Tucker said that Western journalists haven't tried to interview Vladimir Putin or something like, like what? He, they haven't even bothered to. I think he said and the reality is many journalists did, but many of them work for state propaganda outlets. So 
I give this one a 50-50. I certainly think Western journalists have tried, but if your criticism is that state actors aren't in fact journalists, point taken. Let's read. Newsweek says, Tucker Carlson's interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin could see the former conservative, could see the conservative pundit targeted by European Union lawmakers, current and former members of the EU parliament have told Newsweek. Carlson visited Russia this week and on Tuesday revealed he would soon be releasing an interview with the Russian leader. Carlson's work in Russia could see the former Fox News host in hot water. Says Guy Verhofstadt, a former Belgian prime minister, current member of EU parliament, saying the lawmaker who has called for the EU to explore imposing a travel ban on Carlson described Carlson as a mouthpiece of former President Donald Trump and Putin, adding, as Putin is a war criminal and the EU sanctions all who assist him in that effort, it seems logical that the external action service examine his case as well. Newsweek contacted Carlson and uh, they said uh, it'll be updated once they receive his his uh, comment. I like Newsweek. They're a little biased, but it's not so bad. Explaining his motive for the interview, Carlson said in a video statement on Tuesday, most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. I agree, but I will push back a little bit. Expect almost everything you hear from Vladimir Putin to be a lie. I do not see a reason to believe someone engaged in war the same as it come, when, it, when it comes to Joe Biden. In fact, Vladimir Putin is an adversary. And a lot of people don't like it when I say this, but I will say it. I actually prefer Joe Biden win over Vladimir Putin. I'm not saying the election, by the way, Trump should win. My point is, all I can tell you is that Joe Biden wants his money. Joe Biden wants his house in Wilmington, Delaware. The U.S. winning the war will be more beneficial to us. That being said, we shouldn't be involved in the first place. We, we have nothing to do with Ukraine. It is laughably absurd that we spend money on their borders and not ours. It's insane. My point about Joe Biden is I'm not going to trust Vladimir Putin, who doesn't have my interests at heart. None at all. Zero. Joe Biden's interests are purely himself, but there's a runoff benefit. That's my point. So I think they're both bad dudes. But I got to say, Joe Biden's our bad dude. And Joe Biden's success, while corrupt, corrupt and damaging to this nation, is better than Vladimir Putin's success. I don't know what else to say. It's a harsh reality. That doesn't mean I accept what Joe Biden does. I think Donald Trump should be president, and I look forward to that. The EU's external action service is the bloc's diplomatic arm responsible for foreign policy. For an individual to be added to the EU's sanctions list, evidence must be presented to the EAS for review. If deemed sufficient, the EAS can then present the case to the European Council. As such, any hypothetical sanctions for Carlson may, may be some way off, even if the move has sufficient support among European lawmakers. The fact that they're even trying to shut him down for having dared interview a man is psychotic and shows how weasley these evil people are. The content of Carlson's interview with Putin is not yet clear, but given the pundit's longtime defense of aspects of Russian policy, critics expected to be sympathetic to Moscow. Yeah, I'll put it this way. Maybe. But y'all are state propagandists. Y'all want war. Y'all cheer for it. And we have no business in Ukraine. None. Give me one good reason. They're like, Vladimir Putin will invade Europe. Uh, I'm also not Europe, but they're NATO allies. I, that's not America. 
I don't care. Now, don't get me wrong. In the event that Vladimir Putin does invade a NATO ally, triggering Article 5, which means we must come to their defense, I fully expect, nay, I demand Congress vote on the matter. And if Congress votes and they approve a declaration of war, we enter the fray, fine. But this idea that the U.S. would join a war simply by a treaty, bypassing congressional requirements for war declaration, is BS. The argument they make is that the treaty itself being entered into is the the acknowledgement of potential declarations of war. Nope. I understand that we must aid our NATO allies. Fine. However, I still believe it is imperative that Congress vote on a declaration of war. They wouldn't do it, by the way. So again, look, if Russia did invade Poland, I wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. got involved. That would be serious. The only problem is Ukraine ain't an ally. So spare me. You're, we must defend Ukraine so that they don't invade NATO. What? Now you're arguing we can unilaterally declare war on a foreign country because they're in a country we're not allied with because that country is next to a country we're allied with? I'm trying hard not to swear here, so I won't. F you. Ha ha. First of all, it should be remembered that Putin is not just a president of an aggressor country, but he is wanted by the International Criminal Court and accused of genocide and war crimes. MEP Yermas Pate, who previously served in Estonia as foreign minister, told Newsweek. Carlson wants to give a platform to someone accused of crimes of genocide. This is wrong. If Putin has something to say, he needs to say it in front of the ICC. At the same time, Carlson is not being a real journalist since he has clearly expressed his sympathy for the Russian regime and Putin has constantly disparaged Ukraine. Okay, uh, how about this? Any journalist who's expressed sympathy for Ukraine is not a real journalist. That's all of them at the corporate press, isn't it? Here we go. Journalists hit back at Tucker Carlson's mistaken claim that is the only one to ask Putin for an interview. And even Moscow confirms Russian leader just says no to everyone else. He's wrong, but he couldn't have known. I, I think it's fair to say Tucker was wrong on this one. Even Russia's saying it. I think the reality is these people are crackpot, statist propagandists, and I wouldn't respect them either. Christian Amanpour. She says, does Tucker really think we journalists haven't been trying to interview President Putin every day since his full scale invasion of Ukraine? It's absurd. We'll continue to ask for an interview just as we have for years now. Hmm. What journalism does Christiane Amanpour do? Ah, she interviews people. Well, uh, I host a show called The Culture War where I interview people. OK, so I'm a journalist. I've been a journalist for a long time. But of course, They want to make sure to say that I'm not. These people are insufferable. This one's my favorite. Steve Rosenberg, he says, interesting to hear Tucker Carlson claim that no Western journalist has bothered to interview Putin since the invasion of Ukraine. We've lodged several requests with with the Kremlin for the last 18 months, in the last 18 months, all the ways to know. I wonder why. Dude, Britain is at war with Russia. You work for the British government. Of course he's going to say no laughable. Hillel Neuer says, Mr. Carlson, Americans also have a right to hear from the man who dared to stand up in Moscow to oppose Putin's uh, war on Ukraine. He was sentenced 25 years in prison and then sent to a Siberian penal colony. He's my friend, Vladimir Karamursa. Will you please try to interview him? That does not seem like disrespectful in any any way. And I agree with him, actually. Uh, Tucker Carlson should. But just because he may not, doesn't mean you don't interview Vladimir Putin. Here's one from Heidi Pritzbula. We're in journalism. Nope. 
Nope. And yet this is not journalism. Tucker is platforming authoritarian strongmen who want to undermine Western democracy. Oh, is it uh, is it democracy to threaten to sanction a guy for interviewing someone? You people are ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. When asked directly why Putin granted an interview to Carlson, Peskov said that the Americans positioned position contrasted with much of the Western media. His position is different from all the others. It is in no way pro-Russian. It is not pro-Ukrainian. It's pro-American. But at least it contrasts with the positions of the traditional Anglo-Saxon media. Yeah. All of these reporters are acting shocked and surprised that this is happening. And they're trying to claim, look, Tucker, why do I feel guilty like I'm betraying my country? Tucker says, I love America. Let me ask you this. Why is there any risk or threat at all to Tucker Carlson, who is an American interviewing a president of a country we are not at war with? I want to say that again for all of these people. We're not at war with Russia, right? Let me stress that again. Why would anyone be upset? We are not at war with Russia. Oh, it's because we are and they are lying and they are propagandist shills who would see the world burn while they lick the boots of the corrupt establishment. But let's just play the formality game, my friends. So long as we are not formally at war with Russia, there should be literally no concern whatsoever. I'm going to stress this again. I don't care about Zelensky. I don't care about Putin. We are not Ukraine. We are not at war with Russia. So who cares if either of them get interviewed? Is anybody com- going to complain that uh, Tucker Carlson did an interview with Xi Jinping? Certainly they would not. But the reality is they're lying to you. And they unilaterally declared war on Russia and positioned us in this region. And I think this outrage proves it. We know it. They're mad because we're at war with Russia. Everybody knows we're at war with Russia. Everybody knows U.S. foreign policy is to destroy Russia from within. So Tucker Carlson interviewing this man goes against their propagandistic efforts because they are evil. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. So then there's this. DOJ arrests New Jersey Democrat for mail-in ballot fraud. A team of people was paid to cast ballots in the names of individuals who told authorities they did not vote. Oh, boy. I love this one. You get all these woke corporate journalists being like, Tim Pool is pushing the fraud narrative for reporting on legitimate news that people have been arrested for committing fraud. I am not saying this man has swung an election, but I do think it's fair to say this is just the tip of the iceberg. We don't know how far this goes. How are we supposed to track how many of these ballots are illegal and how many people are running these organizations or operations? Here's the story from SCNR.com. A former city official in New Jersey has been arrested and charged in connection with an alleged mail-in ballot fraud scheme leading up to the 2022 election. Federal authorities arrested and charged Craig Calloway, a 64-year-old Democrat and former Atlantic City Council president, accusing him of running an illegal operation that offered to pay numerous individuals to act as messengers for voters who supposedly wanted to vote by mail. After receiving vote-by-mail applications from Callaway or his team, the messengers took multiple applications to the Atlantic County Clerk's office and presented proof of the requester's identification along with the signed application. If approved, 
The messengers were handed mail-in ballots for the voters listed on the applications. Under New Jersey law, any messenger is required to deliver a mail-in ballot they received directly to the voter who requested it. However, these messengers handed the ballots to Callaway or his subordinates. New Jersey is a crooked city. Absolutely crooked city. You know what I'm, I'm going to do? I'm going to pull up this, uh, this uh, story. A new election was ordered by a judge in, uh, because of uh, voter fraud. 2020. Take a look at this. Let's, I mean, this is, this is massive news. And they claimed that I was lying. They claimed that I was pushing disinformation by reporting on facts. Judge orders new election in New Jersey race. Trump cited for mail-in voter fraud. Take a look at this. A New Jersey uh, judge on Wednesday ordered a new election, some 2020, for a Patterson City Council seat whose apparent winner has been charged with voter fraud. State Superior Court Judge Ernest Capasella ruled Wednesday that the new election will be held in November, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't even think this is the only story. They discounted 800 ballots in June. Uh, Mendez and Patterson Council Vice President were charged with voter fraud. Officials also charged two other men, blah, blah, blah. Trump seized on the case and said, hey, look at this. This wasn't, I don't even think this is the only case. I think Jersey's got a bunch of these stories. I'm going to say, many of the mail-in ballots his team collected were cast in the names of people who confirmed to authorities they neither voted in the 2020 election in person or by mail, nor authorized anyone else to cast a ballot on their behalf. Now, hold on there a gosh darn minute. How many stories have we heard? I think, it, like, didn't Marjorie Taylor Greene say this, like, that her husband went to vote and that he was listed as already having voted? I mean, maybe it wasn't her. But there were so many stories where people were like, I went in to vote and they said, you already voted, sir. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And they're like, well, then we'll give you a provisional ballot. How does that happen? What was probably happening is that people like this were taking mail-in mail -in ballots, filling them out and voting. I don't know. To what degree? I don't know. To what scale? I don't know. But we do know what happened because this guy's been charged already. To be fair, innocent until proven guilty. But there are already been many stories about this. If Republicans do not get on top of this right now, y'all are in trouble. I don't know what to tell you because I don't expect the feds to actually go after everybody who's doing this. It's going to require, look, I got to tell you, in every swing state, you better be ramping up every imaginable lawsuit. Here's what you need. You need James O'Keefe. James, we need you now more than ever. What we need is an army of independent and citizen journalists to try and figure out, to investigate and find the people who are breaking the law in this way. Legally, don't do anything stupid or crazy and always confer with the experts and the legal authorities in the proper way of doing things. I don't want anyone to do anything stupid. I'm saying we need accountability. We need to figure out who's engaged and how do we do that. Honestly, I don't know, but investigative reporting. Quote, holding free and fair elections. Oh, you know what? I just absolutely despise free and fair. Don't say it. It's fake. It's meaningless. Holding free and fair elections is a bedrock principle of our democracy. As alleged in the complaint, the defendant attempted to deprive New Jersey residents of a fair election by fraudulently procuring and casting ballots. Today's charges reflect our office's commitment to hold to account those who try to undermine the electoral process. U.S. Attorney Philip Selinger said in a statement about the, uh, about the arrest. We'll pull that one up. What does free and fair mean? Honest question. What is a free election? Like cost-wise? I don't understand what that means. They, they keep saying this buzzword, free and fair. 
What does that mean? Like, I honestly have no idea what it's supposed to mean. Elections are when people cast their ballot. <clears throat> they keep saying that it's a buzzword. District of New Jersey U.S. Attorney's Office. Look, I got, I'm glad they arrested the guy, okay? Prove he's guilty now, and I'll be even happier. If he's not guilty, then I'm mad. You, well, I, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm mad. Innocent until proven guilty, but someone accused of a crime with uh, probable cause or evidence should be arrested. Holding free and fair elections, blah, blah, blah. He goes on to say, voter fraud at any level chips away at the faith people have in the system. FBI Newark special agent in charge, James E. Denny, he said, we are unable as American citizens to hold our government accountable if our votes are compromised. The FBI and our law enforcement partners understand the gravity of protecting the process and will bring those criminals who break the law to justice. You know, what I find laughable about this. I think it just goes to show. There's another story about uh, a special, uh, what is it, a, a security? Let me, let me, let me find this one. I didn't, have this, I didn't have this one pulled up, but uh, let's see. Here we go. State Department security officer arrested on January 6th charges. This story is wild. A security officer contracted by the State Department was in the Capitol on January 6th, taking pictures of people who are entering the building. Seems like he was working security. They've charged him. You know what I see in all this? Do I really believe this guy was just as a Democrat was not working with some someone in government who came to him and wanted him to do this? He did it. He did it of his own goodwill that I'm, I'm going to help the Democrats win just because I want them to. Nah, money's got to come from somewhere. Operations got to come from somewhere. You know what I think with these stories? I think when the feds knock on your door, they're going to come to you and they're going to say, Mr. Smith, how would you like to help your country? And you're going to be like, I mean, sure. What do you need me to do? And they'd say, we need your help in finding, insert whatever. And you go, okay, I can help you with that. And they go, so here's what we're going to do. You come with us in the morning. We're going to drive to a location where you can complete this task, which will really help us out. And you go, okay, I guess. And then when you show up in the morning, they raid your vehicle, arrest you and say, we got him. Here he is. He was planning it the whole time. You guys ever see that movie Shooter with Mark Wahlberg? That's basically it. So the government comes to his house, government agents. They come to his house. He lives in the middle of the woods with his dog. He's one of the best snipers in the world. And they say, we got a problem. We got intelligence that someone's planning to make a move to assassinate a politician. We need your expertise to figure out how they intend to do it. And he's like, not interested. And they're like, look, You'll be compensated. You'll serve a country. We'll leave you alone. And he goes, okay, fine. Awesome movie, by the way. You should definitely watch it. And so he goes to the spot where the speech is supposed to be. And they're like, where do you think it might take place? And he's like, you've got a bunch of points here with the wind and the light. It could happen anywhere. And they're like, why don't we set up an operation in one of these buildings so that you, we, you can help us during this event to make sure we can spot the guy before it happens? I'm like, you got it. So they go up. They're in this room. Mark Wahlberg's got binoculars and he's like, so far, so good. And then all of a sudden, there's like this fat cop who walks up and he's like, how's it going? He's like, whatever. Then there's a bang. A foreign diplomat is assassinated. And he's like, they, 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 from up there, up there, up there. He turns around and the fat cop shoots him, shoots Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg falls out the window. That fat cop then goes on TV and says, I saw him through the window and he did it. Here's the point. They asked him for help. And when he showed up to help them, the whole point of it was to frame him for it. 
I am not suggesting that there was a grandiose conspiracy here. I'm just saying it's kind of weird that a State Department security officer is contracted and then he starts filming the people entering and exiting the building as if collecting evidence. And then they criminally charge him and say, no, 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 he's a rioter. They will throw you under the bus in two seconds. You should really go watch that movie Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. It is, it's a fun movie. I think it's basically like based around the conspiracy theory of JFK, like the ideas that they set him up or something. But it's fun. It's fun. I'll put it this way. I don't know that the DA, the USDA or the feds or anyway are working with this guy in, in Jersey. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think he's the top. And if we don't solve this and figure out how to stop this stuff, we're in trouble. But it's fairly obvious now it is a fact. Universal mail-in voting has opened the door for very serious voter fraud. And we have the arrest right here. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.